Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. We are continuing with our career chat. So for the past episode, past few episodes, we've been interviewing some of our friends who are in different industries and hopefully you've been enjoying them so far. We're going to just plug this now. If you have anyone that you want to hear from, please let us know and we'll keep asking that. Yes, because we want to make sure that you're listening to things that are relevant to what you're interested in. So let us know. But today, I feel like you're going to be interested in this one for sure. We have our very good friend, Brenna Humphreys on today. Brenna, I called her a Jackie of all trades because she can do it all. But today she's going to talk about, primarily talk about her work in business, which is a very broad, broad term. But Brenna has a lot of experience um, since college, honestly, even before college in like that corporate world, even in the nonprofit world. So we'll let her talk about that. I think you'll be really, you'll have, a, you'll have a good time listening to Brenna. I'll just say that. So I'll let Brenna introduce herself and yeah, we'll go from there. Hey, Brenna. Hey, uh, thank you guys so much for having me. What a delight. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, I am Brenna Humphreys, and I i guess I should start with where I'm from, which is Marietta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. Um, and so I knew even when I was in high school, growing up, that I wanted to go to school out of state for many reasons, mostly because I just wanted to get away from family and to have more independence. And so I went to Elon University in North Carolina. That's where I met these lovely ladies the advisors, and I had four amazing years. I majored in international business at Elon and did various internships at Google, AT&T, and Amazon while I stay in business, um, but I was veering more towards technology. So I went to work for Oracle <clears throat> back home in Atlanta and um, had a really good path there. I was doing what they call, some people call it solution consulting or sales engineers, but basically you support the sales reps that go out and sell Oracle or any type of software and you do the demos and answer questions. And so it was a really good start to my career because I got exposure to different um, industries and it really strengthened some of my communication skills that I use now. So. After I was at Oracle for about four years or so, decided that I wanted to go get my MBA. And um, this was also a goal of mine that I'd had for a long time. So I decided to go to WashU or Washington University in St. Louis and um, did a two-year full-time MBA program focusing in consulting and entrepreneurship. Those were two of the most fun years of my life because I got to travel and I made some really good friends there. It was just a good time. So after grad school, I then started my career where I'm at now at Accenture. So I'm a strategy consultant there, a senior manager, and I 
and paid to solve problems, which is really exciting because every day the types of problems that I help to solve for these corporations can vary. Um, it could be cost savings. It could be how can we uh, increase our efficiency in a certain department or area. It can be a wide variety of things, but I really enjoy the work that I do and the people I get to work with. So that's my windy journey from Marietta, Georgia to now I live in D.C. as a consultant. That was perfect, Brenna. You literally just took us through your title, your whole educational background and what you did in your day to day. I guess to kind of go a little bit back, um, back to the beginning, beginning. So how did you get into, how did you know that business was your passion? I know we know a little bit of your backstory, but if you could share a little bit of that, how you got interested into business, the experience that you had, and then could you also tell us a little bit about when you were in college, some of the internships that you had? Yes, I would love to. So let's go back to high school. So I, like most people, I didn't really know out of the gate, like as a freshman, what I wanted to do um, career-wise or even in terms of major, but I had certain things I was interested in. So to give some examples, um, when I was in high school, that was it was, what, 2008 when Obama became, let me correct him, President, let me correct the title, President <laughs> Barack Obama was elected. Um, I sold t-shirts like I sold t-shirts that had um, like this logo that said Obama for your mama and I made those and sold them as a high school student so I already had a desire to like make and sell things like I made the logo myself I was in a a t-shirt printing class so that's where I made the t-shirts at was going to Target, buying them, and then just printing them in my class. And then I would sell them, I think, for like $10, $15 each. And I would, my friends would sell, would buy them from me. So there were certain things that I enjoyed doing naturally uh, growing up that now I look back and say, oh, yeah, that sounds like business. You like to make a profit off of things and you can, you, you find ways of, um, either reselling things or, you know, trying to solve a problem through business. So growing up, I I did a lot of things like that, but it wasn't until I was probably a junior in high school, I was a part of this program called Governor's Honors Program, specific to Georgia, but I think where high school students um, that are nominated are able to go to this summer program on a college campus and you take classes in a certain major. So I like majored in business that summer. And I think I minored in leadership or graphic design, one of those two. We took various classes throughout the summer, but we had a major and minor. And it was basically a little sample of getting us ready for um, college. And we stayed in the dorms and all of that. So that summer when I took those business classes as a junior, I felt like, oh, this is exactly where I need to be. So exposure was really big for me. So in thinking about my journey, I would say the two things that kind of pointed me in the right direction, one was me paying attention to the things that I enjoy doing, like selling t-shirts or, um, you know, (laughs) finding ways like kids who have lemonade stands and all of that 
or finding ways to make money as a kid. So one was paying attention to my passions and things I enjoyed. And then the second thing was exposure really helped me to be pointed in the right direction. So if it weren't for some of the summer programs my mom made me do or the uh, shadowing I did in high school too, I wouldn't have known that I would wanted to end up in business one day. So has to answer your first question. And then you asked me a second question about my high school internships and internships. Yes. Great question. So my secret is not really a secret to how I found my internships in college is this program called Inroads. And so Inroads focuses on helping minority students um to find internships in the summer at large corporations. So that's how I ended up at AT&T Google Fund. And just to talk a little bit more about what I did, my first internship at AT&T was after my freshman year. So I was really young looking back. Um, I was a rising sophomore and applied through to inroads. I was accepted there, but then they would have a, a series of like, basically applications and interviews you would have to go through for your so the corporations could choose which interns they wanted for the summer. So at AT&T, they had a large group of us that all interned together. I interned with a senior vice president of, uh, it was called UVerse TV at the time that AT&T had. And I worked for his chief of staff like day to day. Looking back, it was like such a blessed experience because I was right there with a vice president who was over, I don't even know, probably hundreds of employees. And so I just got exposure to leadership and executive leadership right out of right out of the gate. And so that really opened up my mind to to want to be in leadership one day and be in management like I'm doing now. And then my second internship was at Google and that was at the headquarters in California. That process was a little bit more rigorous, like in terms of applying and interviewing and everything. But I was a part of Bold, which was um, their summer internship program. And it was an amazing experience. And I worked in their sales department, actually. It was like online sales, uh, all their advertisements and everything that that they make available to technology companies specifically. So like if a tech company wants a a, a Google ad or, you know, kind of like the sponsored um, ads that are available after you do a search at the top. That's what we were selling and offering. So that was a really cool because I think sales is one of those skills that people don't talk about much in college, but it actually is a very good skill to have. So having exposure to that that summer was has been really critical for me in my career. Now that I I do sales, it might not be called that, but, you know, those same skills are used. And then lastly, my Nissan internship was in a marketing department, and it was for um, a regional Nissan director. And so that was working with, like, the dealerships and and helping them with their advertisements and um, commercials, like all the different ways that they market their cars. So I've had a variety of internship experiences, and I I think 
each and every one of them served a, a purpose for me in getting me to where I'm at and then also like to strengthen the skills that I have and use daily now. That's really cool. Wait, so Brenda didn't mention that at Nissan, she got to test drive or you got to like take home all the cars. She didn't mention that part, so, <laughs> um, which is very cool. Now, I remember like, I remember seeing you over the summer, like she had a different car every week. I was like, I what? what is she doing? Um, <laughs> no, it's it really cool. But I think that, it, that you just talked about like the power of internships and how, how important they are. I wasn't thinking about that. Um, I was in college, but they really are important. Can you talk about, I think you, you use career services when we were in college, like after you did, mm -hmm. you know, before applying to post-college, post-graduation jobs. Can you just talk about how you utilize career services and what that process was like? Because you had a, you had a job before we even graduated, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. but it, you just like encourage students to use these free services they have on campus. Like, how did you use them? Oh, gosh, yes. yes, yes, and yes. So I have to tell this quick context. My mom and, well, my grandfather was from um, St. Vincent. It's an island in the West Indies. And so my family background uh, is Caribbean on my mom's side. And my mom is really a big reason of why I, I grind that I have. And so my mom was like, if there's a free service, if there's free anything, she's going to take advantage of it. Okay. So I have always had that mindset too. So when, when we even went to Elon for like the uh, campus tours and, you know, at that point I was still a prospective student and my mom heard about free services that were offered for resumes and for um, you know, cover letters and finding internships and jobs. She was like, why would you not go there? So she, when I would, was a student, decided to go there and was a student, she would regularly ask me like, oh, are you taking advantage of career services office and all of that? So part of it, I feel like is my, just my background and how I grew up was my parents were big, big on education and big on taking advantage of what's available to you. And so I encourage everybody to have that mindset, too, of if there is a service on campus is available, you definitely should go, whether it is advising for your career, the classes you should take, if it's um, career services, take advantage of all of it. So I used to go regularly, even as a freshman to the career services office that was like within the business school. And I would, I asked them to help me redo my resume. I helped, they helped me to create my cover letters for my internships that needed it. We did interview practice. Um, we did, like, I wouldn't have even known about the STAR method and, and answering behavioral interview questions if it weren't for that, because that's really where I learned it, uh, and they even had some free workshops on like how to dress professionally and all of that in uh, on campus. So between the services available to me on campus and then Inroads also made all their interns go through um, like development, professional development classes and training, and they taught us what's aware, how to interact in meetings, all of those basics were taught to us. So having that and my on-campus resources really helped me to 
feel prepared going into my interviews, going into the application process. So I encourage every student or even parents listening, encourage your students to take advantage of all the services that are available because a lot of times I would be the only student in there or it was not very crowded. I bet. Um, yeah, people, they miss out. They really miss out. Yeah, that's still a common thing today. I know like Kiki and I have talked about that before. Like we're always talking about, hey, have you looked at this resource on campus? And I think you also have to think about too, like college is uh, expensive. And even though these resources are quote unquote free, it's like technically yeah, you're no, not they're paying not really for them. You're right. paying it's for like them, yeah. you're paying you're for right. them. Like you better go over there and get that help that you need. Like the main reason why you're in oh, college right. is yeah, people are here to have fun. However, you are here to pay that money so you can get a job. So mm-hmm. it, it's like, get plugged mm-hmm. in, get plugged in. I know like they hear that from Kiki and myself from career services, but um, maybe this is really great for parents to hear out there too, to have valuable check-ins like your mom did too and say, hey, did you go to the career center? Did you go to this? Did you even go to mm-hmm. office hours? I think mm-hmm. that that's very encouraging for parents to um, connect to that and do that with their child as well. Um, mm-hmm. Something I wanted to ask was so business when you think about business business is kind of like an umbrella term and I like how you mentioned in your internships and that you did like different parts of business can you kind of give us a breakdown of all the different I know there's so many but what you can think of are the different kinds of business you can get into because I think you mentioned oh. sales and marketing and what's some other things yes it's so many wow um Sales, marketing, now analytics is a part of business, like Mm -hmm. data visualization and even being able to create complicated things in Excel. Um, So I would say analytics is a part of business now. I would say consulting is, which is what I'm doing. And even within consulting, there are different types, like strategy consulting is more of what I'm doing, which is usually long-term projects. Projects like to create a roadmap, or usually it's dealing with something that's a little bit more long term. But there's also management consulting too, which is um, usually more focused on like day to day changes. So maybe not as long term, but something more short term and tactical that needs to be done. And then there's consulting by industry. It's it's so many different facets. And it's the same with the other areas, too. Like, there's so many different types of sales and marketing. There's accounting as well. There's economics. Um, Really, for almost any type of interest that a person Mm -hmm. could have, there's an area of business for it. So if a person's more quantitative and they love number crunching, accounting, finance, economics, statistics, um, All of that is a good fit, but a person could be more qualitative, like I even consider myself to be, and then marketing, consulting, leadership development is in business, um, management, so many different areas that are required. I even think about law. There's business law, too, um, that's specific to helping corporations, like with taxes and all of that. So there's... There are so many different areas out there. I think one of the best ways to get to know all the areas is through some of the services that are available, like your advisors and asking them the different types of classes that are available. I took a lot of different classes. I tried to take as many 
different ones as I could to kind of test out what resonated. I had the same approach for my internships, as you can tell, too. So just getting exposed to as much as you can, either through classes and curriculum or internships or even shadowing people. You don't always have to get paid. You could just do a a one or two week shadow program where you, you find a mentor or find someone and say, hey, can I just kind of, you know, watch what you're doing and come join some meetings with you for a week or two? And nine times out of 10, people are willing to help a, a young adult, a college student, even high school students. They're willing to give them that exposure. Mm-hmm. Now, thank you for breaking that down, too, because I, get, I feel like I have a lot of students that come in and they're like, I want to be a business major. We don't, we don't have to know now, but I, like Kemi said, it's like an umbrella term, business. So a lot of times they just don't know all the things that are out there. And you as a student have to know yourself. If you don't like math, which you're probably going to have to be doing a lot of math anyway, but if you don't like sitting down and doing data all day, then maybe analytics or economics aren't, is not for you. There's marketing. Like Brent has mentioned a whole lot of other things, but there is something truly for everybody. So thank you for breaking that down. Thank you for also mentioning the the value of shadowing and really networking you have like you have to network for anything i'm learning that myself i don't like to network but you truly have to do some connecting this is for anyone listening out there so brenda what, what brenda's saying is she's dropping dimes and gems dimes and quarters but <laughs> no that's really good i was going to ask to or just of going into what you currently do can you just share like can you just like re say or restate what your current position is and what your day-to-day looks like yes great question so my current title is strategy consulting senior manager and i am now responsible for managing like multiple consulting projects at a time and we call them projects consulting in consulting, you just have these either short or long-term assignments or contracts that we'll have with a particular client. And so it could be a large, like Fortune 50 corporation where we're contracted for be a matter of eight weeks. It could be two years, but we call those contracts projects. So now that I'm a senior manager, I have to manage like at least a few of them at a time. So it could be I have three different clients, which are those three different companies, and then I have teams at each of those I help to survive. In terms of what we're doing, um, now I just recently have moved from healthcare consulting to a totally different type of consulting, which this is a good example of how when you're in business, it's easy to make lateral moves um, because the skills are so transferable. But Now I'm focusing on something called supplier diversity, and this is helping large corporations to create strategies to work with more small businesses that are owned by um, women, veterans, certain minority groups like Black, Hispanic, or Latino, Latinx. so we are we're helping these companies to really change the communities around them by spending more of their money with small companies, small mom and pop local businesses. And there are so many benefits of this, like even the government gives like some tax benefits. Um, 
in doing this, but there also are a lot of great benefits just to the communities around us by um, not just working with like other large corporations, but working with small ones too. And so this has been so much fun for me. I really, I really enjoy it because I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship as well. It gives me a chance that are out there um, to get some contracts with some pretty big companies. And they could be, they could support things like some companies need janitorial services from a small business. Some need HR help. Um, it could be so many things. Purchasing furniture for their offices, um, IT services. So it really can range. But we're just helping to give exposure to these particular types of companies. So that's the type of consulting I do now. And day to day, it looks like managing those teams, um, making sure they stay on track and that they fit contracts that we have signed with the clients and really that we just accomplish our goals because for every project we have a specific goal we're trying to help with. It's really good work to be doing in the community. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like your business is helping other business. (laughs) So I guess I have a question for the older listeners and I always use this buzzword pivot. So I... (laughs) For, I, it's so interesting how, like you said, if you go into business, it's great for a lateral move because you said you worked in like health and now you're doing consulting, which I think <laughs> is amazing. And sometimes we don't think about that so much when we're younger about, you know, um, branching out or just staying within a specific field, but still having more job opportunities. Do you think with the different niches in business that someone outside of the business realm could pivot into some realm of business. And I know you're not like a business master, so I don't know, you don't probably know all the different <laughs> methods, but could some people maybe take like certifications and maybe marketing or sales or um, would, would you recommend someone goes back to, would go back to college? Like, what would your suggestion be? And I'm not going to say like whatever you're saying is doctor, but what would might be something <laughs> you'd likely advise? <laughs> I'm so glad you know I'm not, I'm not the guru expert here. Um, you know, I think that's such a great point because sometimes people think that they are, they're tied down to what they start, like however they start their career. And that's not true at all. (laughs) There's a lot of flexibility in our journeys and opportunities to pivot your favorite word. So I think that, um, a couple that come to mind, one you already named is awesome, which is either certifications or training. So Within companies, a lot of times they have some type of educational opportunity available that people just don't take advantage of. Like um, there might be free classes, online courses that are available. um, And sometimes it might not be free, but just discounted. At my company, they have a lot of um, like online courses and training that are available on everything from Excel and PowerPoint and like all of the and even data analytics now. So just taking advantage of what's already in front of us is really big because you're getting paid to to improve your skills, like getting a paycheck from that company and they're giving you the ability to take a course or, or improve your skills. Why would you not do that? That's number one. So then you would, of course, take those skills. Well, I I missed mentioning one thing. You don't want to just take any class. (laughs) You want to take classes or courses or curriculum that line up to where you want to go. 
So if I'm trying to move from consulting, marketing, I would want to be finding marketing courses um, that are available to me that then I could put that on my resume, include that in my interviews that I am aware of, um, you know, what it takes to be a marketer because of those courses I took. So that's number one. The other thing that you can do is more external education, which is graduate school or more formal classes where you're typically paying for it. Um, that's another good way to to gain the skills you need. The benefit about this is that they usually come with a network or just access to uh, companies that are in that area of business that you want to switch to. So like when I went, that was part of the reason I went to graduate school too, was I knew I didn't want to continue in the same exact thing I was doing, but I not only wanted the skills, I also wanted access to the companies and um, the people who were already doing the work that I wanted to do. So graduate school can be a good option there. And I'm not talking about any of the, the cons, like large payments and <laughs> high costs, but, but just keep in mind, these are the, the things you can consider if you're trying to make a pivot. Um, number three, I would say, is using your network. And so if there are people who you already know who are in a an area of business that you want to be to, definitely should reach out to them. Talk to them about what they do day to day. See if you seem interested in it according to what they share and see if there's an opportunity for maybe them to refer you or even give you a shadow opportunity. You just never know until you ask. So I think starting with people in your network um, is a great place to start because people are usually more willing to help others than what we sometimes think. So those are the three that come to mind immediately is like using the what's already available to you at your place of employment. Number two is graduate school or some form of external education. And then number three is using your network to um, to find out about what's out there, maybe be referred for a new job, because there still is nothing better than a personal reference for a job. Like, not to say that you can't get a job just by applying, because I have, but you usually, I think I think data would back this up too, that when we have someone who can refer us for a particular position, the chances are higher than just like a cold application that we do online. So use your network. Hmm, those are really good points too. I think, I don't know if you mentioned that LinkedIn learning is another really popular platform that a lot of you, you're talking about like your companies already having access to things. I feel like LinkedIn learning is a, is a free tool that a lot of companies Give you access to as employees. I know I need to be using it. Um, because yeah, all you have to have is your employee employee email, and some of the courses that Brenda mentioned are absolutely on there. And I know a lot of people use it. You get your badges, so people can see that you've you've done this. So no, thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. I I guess my my next question would be just what what are some of your challenges that you face? Because I know you work remotely as well. I mean, I know just from talking to you, that could be one challenge, but like, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What are some of your challenges that you've experienced? And then what are some of the really high points or highlights of what your your work is, your, your work over the past several years? 
Yes, there are challenges in consulting. When I was in grad school, I heard about how long the hours could be in consulting. And I said, I am not going to ever do that. I do not want to do that. Like, Why, why, why would someone sign up to uh, work long hours and to be stressed out? Here I am doing exactly that. So never say never. But what actually happened with me, I didn't share this before. I had a professor of mine to send me an email and say, Brenna, I really think you should apply to this consulting job at Accenture where I work and, or it was an internship. And he's like, I really think you should apply, like just based off of your background and um, what he knew of me. And so because my professor suggested I did it, I went ahead and applied and ended up getting the internship and then taking the full-time offer to work here. It was true. The long hours absolutely happen in consulting. I have worked until 9 p.m., 10.30, 1.30 a.m. I've worked Saturdays. It, it, but I'll say this. For me, it's been temporary. So because it is project-based, as I was describing earlier, or like mini assignments that you have, it doesn't last forever. So if I have a six-week, eight-week project, it helps me to know that I won't be staying up late always just for just for the um, extent of the project. And then also it depends on what type of consulting you're doing and even your your role, whether you're a manager or still at like the analyst level, all of that can, can vary. But I think the nature of consulting is determined a lot by the client and their expectations. So if we're pulled in to help address a crisis or something like that, like they have um, a lot of companies reached out during COVID just asking for our help with logistics and just all the supply chain issues that were happening and, you know, how to react in terms of um, their people and going remote instead of being in person. Some of those projects where it's more of a crisis, there usually are long hours expected. But there are other types of consulting out there that it's more of a nine to five. So be picky about what what you want to do. And then just remember that it won't last forever. Usually it's, it's a temporary thing. So that's the big challenge is just the hours. And it can be high stress, too. So when I mentioned those um, projects where it's dealing with a crisis or something that's gone out of control, we're brought in to save the day in air quotes. And sometimes saving the day requires a lot of uh, just energy and <laughs> stress that can go into those moments. But there are some really good things like the I've learned so much just by being on these different projects because it's little mini experiences that I have with these different clients. I learn I've learned about healthcare industry, but also about like the, I'm at a food and beverage company now, or I have a client that's in food and beverage. I have clients that are in like a clothing brand in Europe. Like it's so many different industries and, and types of uh, business that I'm exposed to on a regular basis. I'm learning at, at a high pace. Whereas if I had more of a normal nine to five um, in business where I was doing the same thing every day, I wouldn't have the same level of exposure. So 
for me, that's a plus, but some people want consistency and more stab stability. So for them, they would say, eh, that's more of a con. Um, but the other thing, in addition to just being able to learn and do do things differently every day is the people that I work with are really great. I, I consider them to be like friends. And I think at least my company, Accenture, has done a really good job with hiring. So a lot of us are like-minded. When I am working late with my teams, I semi-enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy it at least being being with my coworkers, peers, and um, teammates. So that's a good thing. I mean, I, I think looking at the recruiting efforts of a company is really important. Like what type, what is their ideal candidate? What is, what are the types of people that they hire? Because we spend more time with our coworkers than we usually do with our family or our friends. So getting along well and having a good corporate culture are very, very important. So for me, my coworkers mean a lot to me and definitely make my day job even easier. The last thing I'll say is just the flexibility in terms of, or maybe a better way of saying it, are the transferable skills that come with consulting. Like it's easy to pivot from consulting into more of an industry job, as we call it. Like when I was doing healthcare consulting with health insurance companies, some of my clients who were health insurers were asking me to come work for them. So because we get the exposure in consulting, a lot of companies desire those skills in their in their company. And so they, they look to hire them. So it's a good place to maybe start your career and then move into something else. And I mean, you could do it at any point in your life, but I I like that I easily could pivot or transfer to a different type of job within a business. Those are my three things. That was great, Brenna. I really mm -hmm. appreciate, like, we always love having people on this podcast to hear the insight about the job. And we love to hear the genuine transparency of the highs and the lows, because realistically, all jobs have like some kind of challenge or uncomfortable spot. No job mm -hmm. is ideal. You know, so we appreciate that insight. I heard a lot of pros. Maybe I need to pivot. Who knows? We'll see. But um, but thank you so much, Brenner, for coming. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being so insightful about the business industry, even though it's so large. I feel like you gave us so much palpable information. Uh, Kiki, do you have any other questions before I exit us out? I was going to ask one last one I was thinking of. What, what do you do to balance your work life? So how do you keep a work life balance? Mm. Hobbies, things that you enjoy? Because I think that's just something important. Something I, I think I want to ask our other guests too, because that's, you. I mean, you, you mentioned something great too when you're in an interview, you want to ask about the culture of the employee you're interviewing with. You want to know what, what the work is going to be like. How can you, during the workday, balance stress or how are they, how are they making sure that their people are being taken care of? So that was an important point you made, but outside of like, outside of how your company helps you all, what do you do on your own to have a work-life balance? I'm still evolving my work-life balance. <laughs> I really am. Because consulting felt like it was taking over my life, I've tried to do a better job of creating like social and time with friends to make sure that I am balanced. And so some of the things I do now 
you guys kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier that I have interest in nonprofit work too. So I love community service and volunteering. And so that's something that I prioritize is finding ways to give back to my community, either through volunteering at like a homeless shelter that, that feeds the homeless every Saturday or mentoring and tutoring in schools. I just try to find something that some kind of service that I can do. Um, and sometimes I can only do it like once a month, but however often as I can, I try to fit it in. And setting boundaries is the other way that I've learned how to do it. And that could be as simple for me as like blocking my calendar so people know, oh, Brenna's going to be out of office yeah. um, from this time to this time. So they know not to schedule a meeting then. So setting those boundaries through... um my calendar. Also, if I get an email or a text message too late after hours, I'm just not going to respond. And after a while, the person learns, oh, she doesn't like to talk about work after this time. Like she doesn't like to <laughs> to work after 930 or um, not that late, but I've definitely gotten some messages late at night. So set those boundaries in terms of um, blocking off time that's just for you personally I would say and also you can teach people how to treat you through not responding or just telling them like hey I I need to go work out from this time to this time like when I get back I'll take a quick look at your email but I'm not going to read it right now or I've had bosses in the past that'll say you know after seven maybe like seven to nine 30. That's my time with my family to have dinner. Mm-hmm. And I am just focused on them at, you know, after we finish, I, I can take a quick look at your note before I go to bed, but that's it. You have to create things like that. So people know exactly how to treat and interact with you. And I think all of those things help to create a work-life balance, but it's not just one. It takes, it takes many different things to create it, at least in an industry like consulting, where we give everything, all of our time and energy to it. Um, So that's what I've done so far, but I'm always open to ideas about how I can improve it and what I can do to have more balance in my life. Those are great, Brenny. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. That was really good. For our final question, would you like to shout out your platforms, your LinkedIn, maybe any future projects? Wink, wink, hint, hint. Anything you have in the works, feel free to shout that out now. <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn at Brenna Humphreys. Um, <laughs> my name is spelled, well, you guys will see my, my spelling. <laughs> it'll, be the, it'll be in the show notes. Don't in worry. The show notes. <laughs> I love when you guys shout out the show notes. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> So yes, my LinkedIn. I mean, I'm not a big social media person, so maybe once I get a TikTok, I'll be able to share that one day. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do on the TikTok, Brenny? Real quick, last question. What are you going to do on the TikTok? <laughs> are you going to be dancing and consulting? What do we have, Lissani? <laughs> I would love to dance. I was already already an honorary member of our college uh, dance group. <laughs> Virgin message. She she was an honorary. Oh man, I love you, Brenna. I just want to say, I guess that's a good way to pivot out, guys. Everybody, thank you for listening in, Brenna. We really appreciate this talk. Um, yes. Guys, definitely follow her on LinkedIn. 
Brenna is definitely inspirational, inspirational mm-hmm. in so many facets. Um, she is always insightful, has so much wisdom. Definitely check her out and connect with her. She's an amazing person, seriously. And Cecilia, and she's very funny, low-key funny. Brenna is professional yes. to death, but she is so funny. <laughs> Don't like that professional profile. Don't be fooled. <laughs> Don't be At fooled. All. She's hilarious. But just thank you again, Brenna, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. We really hope that you were able to take some information and apply it to whether it be your college search, finding out your interests, or maybe you're later on in life and you're thinking about switching careers. So we hope that you listen to our next one. If you feel so led, you can definitely, what's the word I'm looking for, donate to our Venmo section if you would like to sow a seed. Uh, If not, please, most importantly, share with your family, share with your friends. We really want people to listen to this series and listen to different careers so they can have a better insight and understanding of where they want to be after high school and just figure out what works best for them. But until then, we will see you in the next one. See you. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.